Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Now, technology leapfrogging is a constant in today's world, isn't it? Technological advances are hopping off obsolete procedures straight into modern remedies. Digitalization is no longer optional and is now critical for businesses to innovate and grow as processes are made more efficient, productive, and you know profitable in most cases. Now, with more than half of surveyed organizations in the APEC region scaling up their use of digital technologies, adaptability in cloud adoption is inescapable and some say essential. What you might ask, you know, with such fast-paced digital transformation taking place, how can companies actually cope with securing the immense flood of data? How can you protect one of your most vital assets, data, which is the new oil, while keeping up this rat race of cloud transition? We're joined now by Rafi Katanasho, APEC Chief Technology Officer from Dynatrace. Hi, Rafi. Thanks for joining us. Good evening. Great to be on the call. Okay, Rafi, let's start off with this. What are companies struggling with the most when it comes to protecting data today? Oh, I mean, all these digital transformation that you spoke about, you know, it's actually a huge amount that's supported by cloud technologies. And when people are moving their workloads to these clouds and hybrid clouds, they generate all sorts of data that becomes really, really complex to control the boundaries of those data. So traditional approaches of, you know, castle and moat no longer is applicable or relevant in trying to protect this type of data. So there's new approaches that's needed that's more cloud native that are within the applications to help protect the data itself from data leaks, from vulnerabilities, and all sorts of different ways of accessing that data by malicious actors, of course. Mm. So one might say, okay, cloud transition is one thing, and then for your cybersecurity needs, you need another layer of solutions. But is that really how it works? Well, you need multiple layers. It's not one or the other. Security is one of those things. The analogy is almost like the Swiss cheese. The more Swiss cheese slices you put, the better the chances are that you reduce that straight line going through the holes. So security requires all of these additional layers. It's not one or the other. You need so many different layers. And of course, the cloud data requires a new approach that is within the application because you can no longer just think that I'm protecting my boundaries. And because the application workload is moving and the data is moving all over. So the security has to be within. The vulnerability detection has to be within uh, the data. And it has to be running 24-7. It's not like a once-off kind of an environment, uh, which is what the traditional approaches was. It's like I develop it, I test it, I maybe regularly test it every three months, and then I hope I'm all right. Right. So actually, some might say it does sound simpler if that layer of security is within the infrastructure that you already have. The question, though, is are people using this enough? Are they aware and are they using it to its full potential? Well, that's, this is the challenge we've seen over the last year, maybe three, three major sort of you know, attacks. We saw Log4j vulnerability attack in December that impacted millions and millions of users across Asia Pacific. And I was working with many of them. And this is a piece of code that was out there in open source libraries that existed since 2013, but was discovered only early, late last year. So people had very quick access to be able to exploit 
you know, that, that attack. And in March, we saw another one called Spring for Shell, which is a library that exists in maybe 60% of uh, modern Java applications that also was very easily exploitable. And the moment it was exploited or reported, we saw actors all the way from Russia trying to scan the internet and, you know, try and find those vulnerabilities because they had access to exploit those vulnerabilities. And, you know, most recently we've seen here in Asia, in Asia Pacific, actually, you know, a company that's related uh, in, in Singapore, uh, Singtel Optus, had a major data breach as well. So, I mean, there is a lot that, you know, requires a different approach to dealing with these vulnerabilities and the data being accessible through APIs and so on on the Internet. Mm, Okay, so let's talk about this different approach that you say is necessary. How exactly can it be rolled out more comprehensively? And how can the people involved be convinced to actually follow the steps that are required? Yeah, that's a, a very good question. I mean, there's two, two simple recommendations I have. One is this needs to be within the application in real time, monitoring 24-7 across you know, these vulnerability stacks. So it can't be something that's an afterthought that you can put in once you know, a vulnerability gets detected. So you need to actually be doing it in production in real time. The other one is also trying to eliminate this process. It's a new process in the technology world. We talk about you know, DevSecOps or you know, development security operations, which basically integrates the process of real-time vulnerability testing as you're producing the code and all the way until it's actually running in production to help eliminate and prevent these things from actually making their way into you know, production environments. And even better, the, the added approach is of protection within the application. So not only detection, but also real-time protection When the vulnerability happens, so you're not caught up into what the people call zero-day vulnerabilities or zero-day access, which is when they discover these vulnerabilities, then the code is available out there, and now you've got zero days to really patch it. And so if somebody's Mm. got access to the... (laughs) A bit too late, right? (laughs) It's a bit too too late. late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's That's why we we recommend real-time protection on not just detection, but protection. Okay, what is keeping businesses from taking all of these steps? It doesn't sound too complicated, and there's a business case for it as well, isn't there? No, there is. And what keeps businesses is because I think in Singapore especially, you know, we've seen enterprises invest in technology for many, many years, you know. And so this technology becomes, you know, you need to update it, you need to upgrade it, you need to take care of it, while at the same time you still need to develop these new systems and integrate them. So there's a people, there's process, and there's technology, and sometimes there's a lack of awareness of what's possible, right, in terms of, you know, what what you can do. And people still apply the old-world approach to these new-world problems. And that's, that's where the problem happens is, you know, you can't really do that. When you're moving these data to the cloud and the data is so complex and you've got hybrid multi-cloud and the complexity of the data is so much... You really need to be aware of all of these different trends and how to help yourself with, let's say, best integrated approaches and automated with AI sort of intelligent approaches, not, not manual. You, know, you can't scale at the, at, at the human level to deal with this problem. Okay, it sounds like it's going to cost a lot, though. And I can imagine small or medium-sized enterprises saying, it just sounds too complex and too expensive. What do you have to say to that? Let me tell you the cost of the alternative. Ah. The cost of the alternative (laughs) when there's a data breach or when there is 
I mean, that's what people think about, right? I mean, I, you know, these, and the, by the way, these things don't start really the, the old way, you know, really, really expensive. But the cost of the alternative is unthinkable. If there's a data breach in government or enterprise or banks, these banks and reputations of the banks, you know, will be, will be hammered within days online, specifically through social media and, and the rest of it. So the cost is enormous. The risk is enormous. And the attacks, you know, seeing, you know, all these geopolitical kind of issues as well, you know, raising not just your, you know, uh, your amateur sort of attackers, but now you've got purposeful, intelligent, you know, institutions that are wanting to take an advantage of this attack in the Asia-Pacific region. Mm. Okay, so how do you think more can be convinced of this and be brought on board to look at various solutions? I think, you know, the best recommendation is to get started, like, you know, mm. in a select, let's say, new workload that you're doing and you're applying it in the cloud, you know, some of those critical, important, and get started with the process. This process t- today is really simple to get started, unlike the, the old days where, you, you know, it takes an army of engineers to actually get things. Things are automated these days. And at Dynatrace, we, you know, we actually help provide an automated and intelligent situation that can scale so you can actually provide an easy way to get started. And then once you get started, then you start understanding the value. You can understand how to sell it internally to your stakeholders and to build the business case so you can actually get more value over the, of, of these solutions over time. An element of innovation is also important in this, isn't it? Expand on that for us. Look, innovation is critical. Now, we've seen, we've seen you know, over the last year, this is a world I call never normal where you've got these biological seismic shifts with the pandemic happening. You've seen the ecological issues. I mean, in Australia, there was, you know, major, for the worst fires, and this is the wettest season with major floods, highest temperatures in, in Pakistan, in Europe. You know, data centers, environments are, are not coping in, in, in some of those in- and as well as there is a, of course, a geopolitical issues that's taking place, as well as the technological seismic shifts, right? So companies cannot really stay still in this never normal. They really have to be innovative and agile in responding to these market conditions. You have to actually present yourself in a much more agile way. And companies that did that pre the pandemic were much more prepared to take on all the challenges that were taking place in terms of either new business avenues, new process, digital transformation processes, or scaling up and scaling down because the demand shifted dramatically during those periods. And I call the environment going forward is going to be also never normal. You're never going to be in a situation where you can predict exactly the market conditions that are going to take place. Everything is shifting so so dynamically. Mm. You have to be agile and continually innovate. Right. While being protective of the lifeblood of your business. In other words, data. Thank you very much for that, Rafi. Rafi Katanasho, APEC Chief Tech Officer at Dynatrace. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.